0: Mary Catherine Edwards tragically lost her life in her own bathroom in January of 1995. Her attacker remained unknown for many years, and all police knew is that she was sexually assaulted and her hands were cuffed behind her back. After the deed was done, the...
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: The killer drowned her in her own bathtub. Mary Catherine Edwards was a beloved school teacher from Beaumont, Texas. She was liked by everyone around her. She had a tightly knit family and friends who cared deeply about her. She was just 31 years old when she was last seen on the night of January 13th, 1995. Her parents spoke with her almost daily, so they grew concerned when she stopped returning her calls the following day. She'd recently purchased a new townhouse just a few miles away, so her parents hopped into the car and drove to her new home to check on her. By all means, they expected to find her alive and well, but thought she may have simply left the phone off the hook for some reason. However, when they entered her home, they were met with a gruesome scene that will haunt them until their final days. They quickly learned that all was not well with Mary, and someone had taken her life in a truly gruesome fashion. Police immediately knew that the case was a homicide, as Mary had been restrained and attacked in the most vicious ways possible. The problem is that police had no leads and had no idea who may have wanted to do this to her. Police collected DNA from the crime scene and they ran it against everyone they possibly could. Their search continued for over a decade, and by 2006, it's estimated that the department had spent more than $10,000 on Mary's case yet they were no closer than they were when they started all those years ago. Police remained hopeful that they had all the information and all the evidence that they needed. They simply didn't have a match for the perpetrator. According to one investigator, all they could do was wait for the suspect to slip up and somehow have his DNA entered into the police database. Without this, they'd reached a stopping point in Mary's case, and the mystery of her death would remain cold for yet another 15 years. Efforts were made once again in 2014 to bring the case to a close. The county had recently elected a new district attorney, and on his first day in office, he ordered several investigators to be reassigned to Mary's case. Still, there were no new leads and no DNA that could be matched to the killer. However, six years later, in 2020, the case began to make a small amount of progress. I'm sure most of you guys have probably heard about genetic genealogy by now. For any of you who may not know, this is what's done when you send in your DNA to one of the many surfaces that offer to build you a family tree and identify any potentially underlying health conditions and so on. 23andMe is one of the biggest ones that first comes to mind. But what you may not know is that when you send in this DNA, You're authorizing police to use it to help solve cold cases in many instances. This is how we've had so many breakthroughs in major cases just over the last couple years. This is also how officers began to track down Mary's killer in 2020. According to investigators, a few second cousins were identified through this DNA database. They used this information to reconstruct a family tree, eventually working their way down to just a handful of suspects that could have been responsible for Mary's death. Police say that relatives in the killer's family willingly submitted additional DNA samples, and they collected a total of 30 new samples to investigate. It wouldn't be long before they narrowed down their search to just one man, Clayton Bernard Foreman. On April 15, 2021, Police were able to obtain DNA from Clayton's trash outside of his home. They sent the DNA off for analysis, and on April 28th, the results had come in. Police say that the results positively identified Clayton as the killer, and he was arrested immediately. Police say that they narrowed down their search to Clayton after they learned that he had a prior history of sexual assault. They say that in 1981, he was charged after he assaulted a high school classmate. Police say that Clayton had run into the young woman at a local gas station after she'd become stranded. I'm assuming that her car likely broke down because Clayton offered her a ride home. The police report says that Clayton had tricked the girl into believing that he was a police officer, but we don't really know how he managed to do this. Once she agreed to get in the car with him, he drove her to a more private location tied her hands behind her back with a belt, and then held a knife to her throat. After this, I'm sure we can all assume what took place next. Thankfully, according to the research I've done though, it does seem that the victim did survive this attack. Police say that the case of this young woman was eerily similar to the case of Mary. Back in the 1980s, Clayton was only given three years of probation for this attack, though he's likely to face a much harsher punishment this time around. And by all means, everyone working this case expects him to be locked away for the rest of his life. And considering he's 61 years old, That wouldn't be too far-fetched to believe. But there are a lot of details about this case that you're probably still wondering about. For example, how did Clayton even know Mary? As it would turn out, the two weren't too close. However, they did have mutual friends. Police say that it seems as though Clayton met Mary back in 1982. She'd been very close friends with Clayton's wife, but to make things even more disturbing, Mary served as a maid of honor in Clayton's wedding. We don't know how long this marriage lasted, or if Clayton may still be married, but from the information I've gathered, he seems to be a deranged, lonely man who likely got divorced many years ago. But. Honestly, that's just me being bitter, and I honestly have no idea if Clayton is still married or if he had any connection to Mary around the time that he took her life. But considering police never mentioned any signs of forced entry, it seems like Mary likely trusted Clayton and probably willingly let him into her home that evening. For the moment, this is as far as this case goes. We'll have to wait and see how the court proceedings play out to learn any more details from Clayton and the tragic passing of Mary Edwards. We still don't know if he had any real motive. motive for attacking her, or if the assault was strictly sexual. But truth be told, that really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, this disgusting excuse for a man is getting what's coming to him, and it's extremely likely he will never see the light of day again. And just to address what I'm sure most of us are all thinking, it's highly likely he'll get a taste of his own medicine behind bars. I hear prisoners don't take kindly to sexual assailants. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Tynaz, you guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.